You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easy and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. And our guest today is broadcasting from Toronto, Canada, where he helps elite athletes and other leaders drive incredible performance, both physical physically and mentally. He's a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, and a golfer. And I'm gonna quote something from his LinkedIn profile because I absolutely love it. He says, I help executive leaders and athletes become so good they can't not be ignored. Please welcome Jeremy Choi to the show. Thank you, Matt. Thanks Thanks for being here. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for having me. So Jeremy, I know that you have a few businesses, uh, a few ventures uh, going, and I know you're, you're, up to a lot. I wanted to uh, let you kind of describe uh, what you're up to in your own words, and then we'll kind of dive in a little deeper. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right now, I'm managing three businesses. Luckily, I've had you know a good senior team that manages most of it. Uh, we're in the medical marijuana industry. Another business is in the online uh, web support and technology development industry. And then lastly, obviously, my one of my most passionate businesses, uh, the performance, the gym, you know, training people physically and mentally, because that's kind of where my roots were. That's great. And uh, say the name of your uh, gym. Yeah, it's uh, LPS Athletic Center. LPS Athletic Center. And that's in uh, Toronto, where you're from. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, Perfect. we're probably only going to have one location because it's, it's going to be a destination. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, uh, I, I can anticipate people probably travel from wherever to come and uh, go through your programs. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard about it, so I know it's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Guys from the US, UK, um, all over around the world come in and, and do our program and then go back and do kind of like an online coaching subsequently after you know coming here and doing it for a couple of weeks. That's great. So um, I want to, I want to, Kind of dive deeper into that business mm-hmm. how, but first like how what drives your performance i know your your passion one of your big passions is golf and i i can't remember what you said your uh, your handicap was but i know you're pretty good <laughs> <laughs> what drives what drives your focus your performance so that you are able to you know stay in action and, and do that for others I think one of the big things for me is just routine and just setting up, planning out my, uh, my day, 
I kind of live by the calendar in the sense that, so I, I actually have an admin assistant. She helps me make sure I'm very organized in what I'm doing, you know, who I'm talking to, um, how to plan my day properly, even from, from lunch all the way to spending time with the family. I block off most all, pretty much all my weekends, most of my evenings to, you know, spend time with the ones that I love. Uh, I have two daughters, a wife, you know, like I said, husband, father. So I spend yeah. most of the time with them. And then, of course, after pulling those in, then I kind of look into what I really like to do. My passion is golfing. Um, I'm a six handicap right now, but looking to get down to a, a zero or a positive, you know, maybe one day aspire to, you know, play on the seniors tour or whatever the case might be. But <laughs> uh, but definitely, um, definitely golf really drives me because it's just competitive in nature. I've always been kind of a basketball, soccer and tennis guy when I was growing up. But nothing, I started golf probably about 10 years ago, and my dad kind of introduced me to it. But ever since playing golf, I realized that um, it doesn't really matter so much about the age. You know, it's a, it's a game that always humbles you all the time. You know, it's a small little ball, uh, you know, that's stationary, that for some odd reason, you can't hit it straight all the time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, uh, I, I haven't played for a couple of years, to be honest with you, but I, I put a lot of time into it prior to that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it is. It's frustrating and hard not to love and uh, just a great, great way to connect with people in general. I know it's obviously uh, it's it's a way a lot of people just do business development, uh, you know, developing relationships. So it's very important in the business community. Mm -hmm. I found that I found that actually being on the golf course with someone that you potentially want to do business with, you can actually see a lot of personality. You can mm -hmm. see how they react to potentially adversity, how they react to success, you know, how they react to different playing partners, what they say, what takes them off, what doesn't. Like you can see, you know, their true personality on the golf course, and it's um, it, it's it's not so much doing the business; it's actually finding out who you're going into bed with. Yeah, that's a great point. You really get to see all uh, facets of somebody's personality, how they're gonna uh, act under pressure and, and things like that. Yeah, that's great. So um, let's talk more about routine. Sounds like you have dialed in, like taking control of one's calendar is probably one of the biggest things business leaders or really anyone uh, has to try to manage. Sounds like you have that pretty well figured out and you utilize your, uh, your assistant for that. Are there any, talking more about the routine, are there any kind of um, morning routines that you stick to, any, any kind of self-care rituals or anything like that? Cal helps keep think, you centered. Yeah, I think for me, I don't do, I don't practice or I haven't practiced any like, um, like gratitude or any of these um, uh, meditation practices that many people have kind of talked about. Mainly in the morning when I wake up, I literally, my routine is I always have to fix the bed. Mm. I, everything has to be proper. Everything has to be clean. Maybe a little bit of the OCD in me kind of kicks in. Yeah. But in order for me to start my day properly, I have to have things around me that are clean and tight. Second thing I would probably do is uh, work out, either work out or focus on one thing I really want to get done today. Every day, I usually have a list of three things I really, really want to get done. And I usually try to go and tackle maybe the hardest one first. I'll wake up at six in the morning. Uh, my kids will probably wake up around 6.37. 
but I go from six to eight to tackle something very important or uh, on alternative days, I would actually work out mm. just to get my day started. And from you that, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and from that, it kind of, it builds the energy for me to do the rest of the things, you know, for the rest of the day. That's great. Do you create those, the list of those three things the night before, or do you get up and say, what do I want to accomplish today? Uh, a, a bit of both. So sometimes, sometimes I do it the week before. So on the Friday, I would like to plan out my rest of the week for the following week. And okay. oftentimes, of course, certain fires, certain, you know, um, things come up that uh, take importance, right? Like certain things that are completely urgent and stuff. Right. So those are the things that you can kind of put in there, you know, as a replacement. But usually out of the list of three things, one thing is kind of like the most important thing. So, for example, right now, my m number one most important thing is actually finishing up our book. We're writing a book, me and my partner, we're writing a book. And every day um, I'm trying to edit or go through at least one chapter. Hmm. What's the uh, what's the book about? <laughs> the book I mean, obviously, about I, obviously performance and uh elite performance and things like that, yeah. but what's the premise of, how are you how are you disseminating what you do into a, into a book? So what we've kind of realized through kind of the years of coaching is that a lot of athletes are doing it completely incorrectly. And unfortunately, the way the education system for schools have taught these personal trainers or strength coaches how to train athletes are doing it in the same way they're just training the general population. Mm-hmm which they are not preparing themselves for the stresses of sport, the, the high contact, the forces. So we are actually writing this book so that we can allow younger athletes, parents of athletic children to actually find out what true athletic development is and at what age you need to start, what are the principles you need to do, how to build strength, how to build speed, how to build, and then overall, you know, build that confidence and resilience in, in, in the child. Wow, I know I have personal experience in this. I was actually a personal trainer through college back when I lived in Arizona. And what you said is completely true. That it's just uh, the way a trainer gets trained is just for the general population. Uh, it actually wasn't until four years ago, frankly, that I started getting into uh, gymnastics as an adult. Who does that? <laughs> but I love it. I'm addicted now. Um, that I learned some of what you're talking about, about the science behind how the body is structured and works and uh, things like that. And I'm just, I was blown away because I didn't learn any of that when I got trained to be a trainer. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I can't wait to uh, read that book. What's the, what, what's your timeline for that? We should, if, we if you want to, to share more about it, sorry. No, about. absolutely. We're, we're um, I can't share the title and everything yet, but, okay. uh, uh, the goal is in the next about two and a half months, it should be out and ready to go. Awesome. We okay. are, we finished writing the entire book already. Now it's just about editing it and going over it to, yep. I, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I want to simplify, take out some of the fluff because I've read so many books that they fill it up with too much fluff. We want to get straight to the point. We want to give you the right information. And it, it, it's a book that you can take it. it. It'll be a short read, maybe about 70 pages, 80 pages. Uh, long, but it would be stories and and just practical solutions to what you, you should be doing. I love it. So this uh, this episode is going to be posted prior to that, but uh, keep me posted on when that actually comes out because we can uh, do our part to spread the word. I love it. Thank you.
reposted this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when when a client comes to Toronto to come through your program, what does that look like for them? How how long are they there? How regimented is their life while they're there? What, what's the? Can you give us like a high level look of that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, when athletes come from, let's just say, uh, the U.S. Or, or the U.K., they typically stay for about two weeks all the way up to um, like a month. So usually two to four weeks they stay here. They'll come in, we'll do what we call an assessment first because that is the work before the work. We assess this, find out what weaknesses they have, any structural imbalances that they have, anything that's high-risk issues, for example, um, the most common things we see are people with very tight ankles and they can't squat to full range of motion. So they can only do quarter squats or half squats. You know, the knees don't go past the ankle, like stuff like that, that is limiting their, their, their ankles and their Achilles tendon. So with that being said, we typically do the assessment. We find out these issues. We address them in the first usually two weeks or three weeks, hopefully, depending on what level the athlete, um, what level the athlete is at. And then we start building on strength, um, like explosiveness, conditioning, all that stuff. Hmm. Typically, it's a 12 to 16 week program. So they come here for two weeks. We give them a crash course on all the exercises, the intensity, the theory, the methodology behind it. Then they go back. They, will have, they would have learned everything in a compressed environment, not the whole 12 weeks, but they would have learned the basic fundamental techniques of all the exercises that we required them to do in the first two weeks. They take that, go back to the US or the UK. They would then use a training app that we've supplied them. They would take videos of you know, their exercises and our coaches will work with them online. Just kind of like, okay, you should do this instead. You should critique, you know, keep the bar closer. All these kind of uh, coaching cues mm-hmm. that we, we help them to an online kind of environment. Okay. Just, they just execute the program. Okay, wow. So then, um... Ideally, they stick to the program for the next, you said 12 to 18? Uh, 12 to 16 weeks. 12 to 16 weeks, yeah. Those are usually typically for off-season training. So hockey players, when they're done their season, they have usually anywhere between 10 weeks to 16 weeks to prepare for when the season starts again. So this hmm. is off. Usually they come for the off-season training because they get that crash course intensity. And then when they become in-season, then we usually um, program something that's maybe once or twice a twice a week right and that's it it just all they want to do for in season is to maintain 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 because what wow. happens is that uh while everyone else is getting slower and everyone else is getting weaker as we go into the season we give them exercises in a way they can maintain the strength and speed so therefore they appear to be faster they appear to be stronger even though everyone is actually just deteriorating throughout the entire <laughs> season everyone else is breaking down while you're Correct. uh yeah Exactly. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So it's longevity is, has a, bit, has a lot to do with it. Hundred yeah. percent. Wow. Um, are, so you mentioned hockey. Are, are there you know certain types of athletes that have have adopted your methods more than others? Like, are, is there a focus uh, in a particular sport that you work well with? Well, hockey came the most, I would say, um, recommended to us because hockey is a big sport in our. In Canada, Canada. <laughs> uh, in Canada, yes. so a lot of parents uh, spend a lot of money on their kids for hockey. Mm. Now, 
we actually our our system that we modify and we program is for all athletes that do explosive sports. I mean, we love football because that's high impact, high contact. You know, knock on wood, none of our athletes have had any career-ending kind of injuries, and they've kind of been you know pretty pretty strong in all aspects. Yeah. So um, we love anything that deals with explosive sports. So that is basketball, volleyball, you know, baseball, even golf, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, tennis. So anything that's explosive requires explosive sports. That's 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 our niche. That's our focus. We won't do any kind of like long distance stuff. So we don't do like cyclists that are doing, you know, to, uh, you know, Tour de France, you know, like 500k right. races or even uh, marathoners that are doing 40 kilometer runs. We won't do that because that's not our specialty. Right. Building explosive athletes is our specialty. Okay. And, and you're, um, you mentioned kids a few times. What, um, what percentage of your, of your pro, like your, I guess, clientele are, younger athletes that are maybe prodigies are really good they're elite at their age do you is that a focus of yours or is it more professional athletes and um like who 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 do you want to grow the business with i guess is a good question Mm -hmm. better question to ask yeah right right now we do have younger athletes they start from eight all the way to 13 that's what we call the younger uh, children mm. group that we have. And then from 13 to 17 is kind of like that kind of prime group where they're gearing towards a potentially a professional, um, you know, a professional sport or professional contract slash um, a scholarship to a university or a college. Mm. So those are good too. And then later on, we target the, the pro athletes as well. Okay. So we have three, um, we have three, and typically the younger kids from seven to, I would say eight to 13, they typically train at the gym. So these are usually local because we need to have more of a watchful eye, more of a hands-on coaching with the younger athletes. When yeah. they get to about 14 all the way and up, they can then do remote stuff. So a lot of the US or UK clients that come to us are typically 14 and up. Typically, I would say on average, probably about 16 years old and, and higher. Okay. Yeah. And then we uh, we dedicate a bunch for professional athletes as well. Hmm. So I would say the ratio is probably 20% is the younger kids under 13. Uh, about probably 50, 50% is between the 13 to say 21 before they go pro. Mm-hmm. And then the rest are professional athletes. Okay. So uh, if any of the listeners are interested in checking you out, learning more, getting in contact, what's the best way for them to do that? What's your website and all that stuff? Yeah, the website is uh, lps.fit. So lps.fit. Okay. And we'll put a link of that in uh, when we post it as well. Um, that's the best. So there's uh, links to get in contact with you, see the facility. That's mm-hmm. great. Thanks for that. That's great. Yeah. So let me um, transition to uh, just kind of more personal questions. I always like to uh, kind of hear what, uh, you know, what makes, I mean, you have three businesses, you're writing a book. What makes, I always like to find out like what makes a person want to take all that on and uh, (laughs) drive results. Right. So um, just a few, you know, kind of off the cuff questions here, uh, rapid fire before we we wrap up. Uh, Are there any, uh, books or uh, podcasts or anything like that that you've read, heard, 
uh, that have been very impactful in kind of uh, shaping who you are and what you're doing in the world? Um, right now, in terms of creating systems, I would say Traction, hmm. which uh, has the, the EOS system. So we implement that in our uh, in the gym. Okay. Maybe the other as well. Um, I've been reading the 22 uh, Immutable Laws of Branding. I think that was hmm. by um, uh, Alan Reese, or I, I, I think I forgot the first name. I could have been wrong, but it's something, Reese, Al Reese or something like that. Okay. Um, I've heard of that book. Yeah, it, it, it's the way we market. It's, it's kind of changed the way we kind of um, redefine our brand and how, how we market to the rest of the world. So that's been um, really good. Wow, uh, okay. And I'm trying to think. Um, uh, the four disciplines, is it the five disciplines or four disciplines of, um, uh, by, I think it's Stephen Covey. It's, it's, been, it's been a while since I read it. I still have yeah. the audio book. I know um, you're talking about. That one is good because it tells you about, you know, that kind of focus, doing the one thing tackling you know the important things first not so the uh the seven habits of highly effective people was i think his first book but i think he has done another one that's yeah um, I, I can't remember the name of it top of my head yeah i i i can't think of the top of my head either because there's been so many audible books that i've been yeah I, I do the and same thing i think i'm just audible 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 right that's or all even podcasts or anything yeah right i love it I love it. Um, how about uh, your favorite technology that helps you be uh, as effective or efficient as you are? Favorite technology would probably have to be um, WhatsApp mixed with Trello has been probably the most effective for us. Um, but then I would say the base foundation for everything we do, we use Google Suite, so G Suite. Mm -hmm. So all mm -hmm. of our documents, all of our spreadsheets, all of our financial, anything we do with EOS, we put it into a, a spreadsheet, everything digital. Nice. Trello is more for project management. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I've, I've heard of it. I can't remember what, exactly what it was. So it's, a, it's more of a project management software. Correct. And then WhatsApp is uh, right at the top of my list, too. It's the communication. Uh, so whenever I hear that somebody likes WhatsApp, I know that you're a traveler then. <laughs> People that travel internationally tend to all communicate on WhatsApp. So is that true for you? I, it is true for me. It is true for my team. I, I create different groups. I mean, right now, the permissions and all that stuff, advanced capabilities in WhatsApp has made it pretty easy for my team to kind of be, um, separate the conversations. I know a lot of people want to use Slack. We, we yeah. use Slack for another company, but the problem with for me with Slack is just uh, adoption. My mm -hmm. team already has WhatsApp because they're already communicating with their families and stuff on it. So for them to download Slack and they don't want to send notifications and all that stuff made it didn't make sense to me. So we just said, you know what, let's go where everyone's already using it. So we just right. decided to just use WhatsApp and create multiple groups, one for marketing, one for like sales leads, and one for like, you know, general cleaning, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I love, uh, I didn't know how the capability, to be honest with you. I'm going to go check all that out. <laughs> so last question, and this is both uh, an opportunity to brag about yourself, but also a little bit vulnerable. What is your, what would you consider your superpower? What are you great at that people may or may not know about you? Hmm, superpower. 
I I never really thought about that, but I, I think if there was one thing that I'm working towards is actually being more of a coach than a hero, this concept of hero versus coach. A hero goes around solving everyone's problems. So if an employee comes to me or a team member comes to me with an issue, um, they would, um, I would usually instinctively just, why don't you just do this or just do that, right? But I'm not actually training them to think for themselves. And that's oh, what wow. I realized. And I realized that what I'm actually doing is actually stunting their growth as a leader. Because sooner or later, I want to, um, sooner or later, I want them to be leaders within the organizations and train other people, inspire other people, and build up the team. Because it can't be just me solving everybody's issue. If I die tomorrow, what would happen? Right? So I've, yeah. been, I, I, I've been transitioning to that kind of a, a coaching, uh, a coach, is it not coaching, a coach. And what that kind of entails, I, I mean, I've been practicing it for um, several years now. Mm-hmm. But when someone comes to me with an issue, I, I never solve it for them anymore. I just ask them, well, what have you thought about? In what ways have you, what do you think is a, is a good way to solve this problem? Come to me with at least three uh, solutions. And now teams come to me with solutions and I, hey, I have this problem. I thought about doing X, Y, Z, you know, and I thought, you know, either X, Y, or Z are probably solutions that I probably would have thought of anyways. So now I'm actually enabling them think. I'm enabling them to make decisions properly. So they're not hand, handcuffed. And now they're also growing as individuals because if they can do it in this realm, they can do it in their personal life. They can do it in, you know, the family life, whatever case might be. Whatever, yeah. I love that. It's incredible. Great uh, advice and way to wrap this conversation. It's uh, that's awesome, man. I appreciate uh, your time today. And uh, great to learn more about your program. We're going to post uh, links, uh, tag your company and everything so people can definitely get a hold of you. Um, and do keep us posted about the book as you uh, get closer to um, having it published. Definitely want to read that. For sure. You'll definitely be one of the first ones to know, right? Awesome. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Okay. Thanks. Have a good right. one. You too. Okay. Bye.